G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The first step to winning in this spiritual battle is to stand as close to Christ as you possibly can. When facing a strong adversary, it's good to have a strong ally. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us where to find our help. I'm no match for the devil. I'm not even a match for a demon. But if I stand on the Lord and in the power of His might, I don't have to be afraid because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world, right? in the playgrounds that if a bully is bigger than them, it's good to have a friend who's bigger than the bully. A bully who's met his match is no longer a threat. Well, as Pastor Greg just said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Our adversary is no match for our almighty God. We stand in victory when we stand with the Lord. A good lesson on that today on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg Laurie continues his series, Joshua, Living in the Land of Promises. Okay, grab your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 5. And the title of my message is Overcoming or Overcome. And we're looking at the story of how Israel came into the promised land, the land that God had given them. Make no mistake about it. God has given to the Jewish people the land of Israel. And He's given to them Jerusalem as their capital. But here now in the book of Joshua, The wilderness wanderings have come to an end. That first generation that doubted God are not entering into the promised land, but their children are. They're poised now to enter into Canaan's land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, modern day Israel. And so that's where we pick this story up. And this is something that speaks to us because we might wonder why do we have such a place given in the word of God giving us a record of the military victories and sometime defeats of the Israeli army and the conquest of Canaan. Answer, because we too are at war. We're in a spiritual battle. The moment you become a Christian, you enter into this war. It's not a choice of being in the war or not being in the war. It's just a a choice of winning or losing, gaining ground or losing ground, uh, being overcome or overcoming. It's really up to us. It's been said Uh, The Christian life, or conversion rather, has made our hearts a battlefield. And the Christian life is not a playground, it is indeed a battleground. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you to follow Christ. So the moment you put your faith in him, he's going to oppose you. He's going to tempt you. He's going to harass you. He's gonna try to pull you away from this commitment that you have made. But thankfully, God won't give us more than we can handle. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 promises that 
When the temptations come our way, there's always a way of escape that we may be able to bear it, but the battle will indeed rage on in life. Here's the thing, the devil usually comes to us in the realm of our mind and imagination. He comes and says, take it out for a spin. Uh, take this free sample. Uh, try this thought on for size. Of course, you would never act on this thought, but take a trip to Fantasy Island and just pretend you would do it because he knows that's the first step to actually doing it. And that's how he's gonna come to you. That's how he's often going to tempt you. Second Corinthians 11.3 says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your mind should somehow be led astray from your sincere devotion to Christ. So in your mind, the hardest part of the spiritual battle is winning the battle of the mind. The Bible says in Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks, so is he because the thought can then give way to action. That's why we must guard our minds. Every day, we think thousands of thoughts. Experts say our brain processes around 70,000 thoughts every single day. Think about that, 70,000 thoughts. That's basically 35 to 45 thoughts per minute running through your mind, right? And in our minds, we, we, we think of the future, we think about the past, we resolve conflicts, we dream, uh, and of course, we can allow our imaginations to be misled. We must guard ourselves there. Second Corinthians 10 says from the Phillips translation, the very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful in God's warfare through the destruction of the enemy's strongholds. Our battle is to bring down every deceptive fantasy and every imposing defense that men erect against the knowledge of God. We fight to capture every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Listen to this. You are the air controller of your mind. So the air controller decides what flight takes off and when, what flight lands, what altitude they have. And that's their job. You are the air controller of your mind. You decide what thought comes in and you decide what thought stays out. And just because you have a bad thought come to your mind, whatever it may be, doesn't mean you've sinned. The sin of temptation is not in the bait, it's in the bite, see? Just because I have a piece of bait dangled in front of me doesn't mean I've sinned. It's when I bite the hook, when I take the bait. And in the same way, just because a bad thought comes to you, you can reject it. You can say, I reject that in the name of Jesus Christ. Get behind me, Satan, as Jesus said, when he was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil. Reminds me of a story of a lady that loved to shop. And don't they all? No, they don't. They don't all. My wife doesn't like to shop, believe it or not. So this lady, she loved to shop, and every time she went to the mall, she bought something. So she's on her way to the mall, and her husband says, honey, where are you going? She goes, I'm gonna go to the mall. No, no, no. We can't afford any more clothes. Every time you go, you buy a new outfit. I'm not going to this time. I'm just going to browse and window shop. No, no, you'll always buy something. No, I won't this time. Okay, she comes back two hours later with a brand new dress. He says, I told you you would buy something. She said, but you don't know what happened. He said, okay, what happened? She said, I'm walking through the mall. I see this really cute outfit on a mannequin in the window. And so, yes, I do walk into the store, and yes, I tried it on. Okay, and guess what happened then? What? She said, the devil himself appeared to me. What? 
Satan appeared to me in the dressing room. What did he say? She said, he said, you look good in that outfit. <laughs> he said, you should have said to the devil, get behind me, Satan. She said, I did. And then he said, hey, it looks good from the back too. So, <laughs> don't have conversations with the devil. See, that's the problem. Capture every thought. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Glad you're joining us for our series in the book of Joshua. Today's message from Pastor Greg is called Overcoming or Overcome. The first step to winning in the spiritual battle is to stand as close to Christ as you possibly can. Be as close to Him as you possibly can. Have you ever walked in someone's shadow? You have to stay really close to be in their shadow, right? And that's what we want to be. We want to be in the presence of God, in the shadow of the Almighty. I remember years ago, I was living on the East Coast in New Jersey. And uh, I was given a gift of two cap guns and little uh, holsters and a little cowboy hat. And I was feeling pretty cool walking down the street, firing off my cap guns. And a bunch of hoodlums come up to me. They're a little bit bigger and older than me. They started laughing at me, pushed me to the ground, and stole my cap guns. So I went home and I got my brother who was five years older and quite a bit bigger. And I said, help me get those guns back. So I went back and found that group of kids and went up to them and all of a sudden I was pretty bold and pretty tough. I said, give me my guns. I pulled them back, strapped on my holster again, walked off in a cowboyish way, you know. <laughs> Why was I so brave? Because I had my brother with me. If they tried anything, they would have to face him. In the same way in spiritual battle, I go in standing close to the Lord. I'm no match for the devil. I'm not even a match for a demon. But if I stand close to the Lord and stand on the Lord and in the power of His might, I don't have to be afraid because greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world, right? So now we come to Jericho and the Lord's gonna give him the battle plan. And it's pretty interesting. I wonder what Joshua was thinking. Okay, Lord, how are we gonna do this? First city, how's it gonna go down? Put a bunch of ladders up, we'll scale the walls. Uh, attack them in force, overwhelm them with force. Lord said I had something a little different in mind. Joshua chapter six, starting in verse one. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. And the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho the king and all of its mighty warriors. Your entire army is to march around the city once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day you are to march around the city seven times and then the priests blow their horns. And when the people hear the priests give long blasts on the horns, then you give a mighty shout and the walls of the city will collapse and then you can just charge right into the city. Do you think God ever just tries to mess with our minds a little bit? I mean, what kind of a battle plan is this? It's God's battle plan. And there was a reason for it, bringing me to point number two. God will work in different ways, in different situations, so we look to Him. Again, God will work in different ways and in different situations, so we look to Him. And this was a kind of a thing where if God didn't come through, they were in big trouble. It reminds us of the story of Gideon. Here's Gideon who God chooses to lead Israel into battle against their enemies, the Midianites that have been oppressing them. 
First of all, Gideon's army wasn't that large, but the Lord said, your army's too big. Say to your soldiers, if you're fearful and afraid, go home. And most of his army went home. He's left with 300 men. Now he's vastly outnumbered. And the Lord says, here's the battle plan. Here's how you will defeat the Midianites. I want you all to get a little torch, you know. Light the flame. Put a clay pot around it. Then you run down this hill and you scream the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and you crack the pot open and they see the flame and, and they'll all die. <laughs> crack the pot open. I think I'm a crack pot if I do this. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And the Midianites were so freaked out and disoriented they thought they were already under attack and they attacked each other. And that's how the battle was won. But the Lord often does things like this. He uses human weakness to display his strength. To us it might seem random, but there's a method to the madness, if you will, because it's not madness at all. It's just God's way of keeping us looking to him. Are you in a situation where there's no way out but God? In other words, if God doesn't come through for you, there's no way out for you. If you are, understand God specializes in taking circumstances like that and using them for his glory. Think of the various ways that Jesus healed people. He was always changing it. Sometimes he would touch the person and they would be healed. Other times the person would touch him and they would be healed. On even other occasions he would speak the word and they would be healed. One guy who was blind saw Jesus spit in the dirt and then wipe the dirt mixed with spit in the guy's eye. How weird is that? Can you imagine if you came for prayer? Pastor Greg, would you pray for me? Sure, hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's in the Bible, deal with it. I won't do that, don't, don't worry. But, uh, but why does God do this? So we'll see, it's God doing it. Because we're so prone to give the credit Oh, the doctor did it, or my bank account did it, or my friend came through for me, or something else happened. The Lord will put you in a situation where you have to say, that was the Lord, and you give him the glory. Take Naaman as an example. Naaman was a powerful Syrian general, admired and respected by his troops, but he had a problem. He was a leper. Leprosy was uh, a lethal, fatal disease, it slowly destroyed your body. There was no cure for it. But he heard that there was a prophet in Israel named Elisha that God did miracles through. And he was told if he went to Elisha, he could be healed of his leprosy. So General Naaman shows up at the doorstep of Elisha. You can just see Naaman in this beautiful chariot surrounded by bodyguards and they knock on the door. General Naaman's here. Elisha doesn't even come to the door. He sends out his servant Gehazi. Hey, what's up? Uh, Elisha says, if you want to be healed, go to the Jordan River. Immerse yourself seven times, you'll be healed. God bless, bye. <laughs> Shuts the door. <laughs> Naaman's thinking, does he know who I am? I'm General Naaman. I'm not gonna go immerse myself in the dirty Jordan River. We have better rivers back in Syria. But then he thinks, well, what have I got to lose? So he goes down to the Jordan River and with all of his men watching, he reveals what they've never seen before. He takes off his helmet. He takes off his breastplate. He peels off the rest of his armor and they realize he's a leper. They didn't know that about him. He had to humble himself. And then he goes into that Jordan River and he immerses himself the first time, comes up, still a leper. He does it the second time, still a leper. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth time, still a leper. The seventh time down he comes up, no longer a leper. 
healed, just as God said. Why this unusual and humbling prescription? Because Naaman was a proud man and God wanted him to strip off his armor that he normally hid behind and expose himself as a leper. The same reason that God wants us to confess our sins. Listen, we don't come to Christ because we're good people and we want to be a little bit better. We come to Christ because we're sinful people and we need a Savior. And that's the only way we can be forgiven. Important spiritual truth today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie is bringing us a lot of insight from the book of Joshua, and there's a lot more to come. Pastor Greg just said that we need to come to Christ because we're sinful people and we need a saviour. That's the bottom line. So it begs the question, have you come to Christ to have your sins forgiven? That's the only way that you can be sure that you'll go to heaven when this life is over. And if you'd like to have that kind of certainty, well, Pastor Greg has some encouragement for you. You know, it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. Frankly, it doesn't even take hours. It can happen so quickly. It just starts with you saying to God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you love me. I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and pay for those sins and then to rise again from the dead, and I want him to come into my life. So here's my question to you. Have you done that yet? Because Jesus, who did die on that cross and rose again from the dead three days later, is alive and standing at the door of your life right now, and he's knocking. And he's saying, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Why don't you just stop whatever it is you're doing and pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen. If you just prayed that prayer, the Bible promises that God has heard your prayer and has answered that prayer. The Bible says that we will confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God bless you. You've made the right decision, the decision to follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. And as you begin to live this new life, we want to send you something to help you get started off right. We've got a pack of resources called the New Believers Growth Pack, and we'd love to send it your way. It'll answer many of the questions you may have and help you build a firm foundation for your faith. Just ask for a New Believers Growth Pack when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg offers more insight on walking in the victory that Christ has already won. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Reflecting on the Past, Preparing for the Future. 
If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 